Hello, and welcome to Transforming Talent. I'm your host, Ed Crow, the talent transformation expert for organizations seeking eight-figure growth. We work with those organizations to break through revenue ceilings and realize the business growth that their companies are capable of when they get their people firing on all cylinders. We believe that every business person has a unique voice and a unique angle that makes their business successful. And those are the kinds of movers and shakers that we interview on the show. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest in about 30 minutes. So let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Transforming Talent. I'm your host, Ed Crow. On this podcast, we talk to business owners and executives about the cool things they are doing to attract, retain, and motivate talent. Today, I'm so excited to have a good friend and longtime colleague and board member. We've known each other for years and years and years. Christina Myers, who is the Executive Director of Compliance and Employee Relations with Veracast. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ed. I, I don't know if long time is, is right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we met when we were 10. That's right. So, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I dodged the years. See, That's right. If you notice, I did dodge the years. So yes. <laughs> um, it, it's so cool to, to have you on the show. Um, because you and I have known each other a long time, I, I've long admired your history with Veracast and its many uh, transformations over the years and, and how you've risen through the ranks there to, to your current role. So tell folks a little bit about your background in, in HR and how you've risen through the, the ranks and the, a little bit of the, your experience. Sure, thanks. Um, and I'm really glad to be here too. So I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, my pleasure. I um, My career with Veracast really started after I um, experienced a layoff and um, was looking for something new. I was coming out of banking and took a position as a plant HR manager at a printing facility for Scantron. Mm -hmm. And so if you or your kids have ever taken a test where you, you know, bubble in the answer with a number two pencil, (laughs) you know, Scantron. And funnily enough that that was right here in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I joined, they weren't called Scantron. They were part of peer, an organization called Pearson. Mm-hmm. So I was the plan HR manager there during that time we were acquired by Scantron uh, and I remained, I was there in that role about 10 years. I learned a lot, um, about working for a 24, five, sometimes 24, seven operation in manufacturing, which was very different from banking. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually reached a point where I had really a lot of times because Scantron was part of a larger, in the larger Harlan Clark Holdings organization, there were opportunities at the corporate level, even though I was in Pennsylvania and were headquartered in San Antonio, to raise my hand for various projects and get involved. So as I did that, there was recognition that in, within myself that I was ready for more. And then fortunately my bosses saw that, that I was ready for more. So I was promoted to more of a corporate level type mm-hmm. role and started working remotely. Uh, and I still do, I still am working remotely now. Um, and then have just kind of 
watched this organization transform through acquisitions and mergers, and most recently the rebranding under the Veracast name. Uh, so it's been really exciting. It's been great for my career. Um, I moved out of HR um, somewhat into this compliance and employee relations role, which is is really um, been fun and very interesting. Um, and so, yeah. And when the pandemic came, of course, I just watched all my colleagues <laughs> adjust to what I had been doing for years, uh, which was working remotely. Um, but I also really watched my organization adapt to a remote workforce, which I hadn't seen when I was more the exception than the rule. Now remote work is more the rule and they've gotten so much better at engaging and making sure that the remote workforce is connected, which has been really good to see. You know, and you, you had mentioned um, on our, our pre-show call that uh, you've got about 6,000 employees spread across 47 states, but only 15 facilities. So when you do that math, you say, well, gosh, you've got a, a lot of people working remotely. Yes. Have you seen, so you mentioned that remote work has now become more of the rule. So, so talk mm -hmm. to, to us about that transition in terms of the people and its impact, but with your role as, as the employee relations guru, how does that play in now, right? When you've got mm -hmm. people that are used to maybe having the camaraderie and now they don't. Yeah. So really good question. So when you look at our workforce pre-pandemic, most of the remote folks were sales okay, and sure. most companies are used to having remote sales people. Mm -hmm. They're out on the road. You kind of just wind them up and let them go. Yep, <laughs> they, yep. You know, they're, they're on a plane, they're in a car, they're doing their thing. When COVID came and we said, wow, everyone in headquarters, everyone in these offices, you have to go work from home. It was kind of a shock to the system. And I think you made a really good observation that people lost that camaraderie. Mm -hmm. I'm not going in every day and seeing my friends. Um, we felt it the most in our younger workforce. Mm -hmm. um, we had employees who had gotten out of college or moved to take a position with us. Um, and, and I think our Austin facility is a fantastic example. A lot of young single um, employees in this cool kind of, they were more of a tech, like our digital um, arm. And they were telling us they were lonely sitting okay. in their apartment all day working. Yeah. You know, where are my friends? I, I came to work because I like Joe and I like Sarah and now I don't see mm -hmm. them. So we really had to very quickly understand how to keep them engaged, how to make sure that they had opportunities to chat with each other, to connect with each other in other ways. And pre-pandemic, we didn't use Zoom, we didn't use video, everyone was on a conference call. Um, you know, you oftentimes I was on a call when 10 other people were in a giant conference room, they're laughing, they're having lunch together and I'm just sitting yeah. <laughs> on the phone, you know, but now we invested in Zoom, we have Microsoft Teams. So we've taken the opportunity to say, hey, you can get on video, um, you have Teams channels, we have Slack, you know, you have Slack channels yeah. where you can um, connect. I, I just found out last week that we have a foodie channel 
in our teams that okay. you can join and talk about food. food. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I forget. Oh, we were talking about our executive leadership team and if they could only eat one food for the rest of their life, mm -hmm. what would they eat? And one said popcorn and the, and the one person popcorn. was like, oh, you should join our foodie channel and tell us about all the popcorn. <laughs> so, so we, I think um, as hard as this pandemic has been, um, in some ways it's been a blessing because it's forced us to make mm -hmm. these improvements and make sure that folks that maybe previously we're working remotely and for me personally I just said well this is the way it is and I'm just gonna have to live with being on the phone and listening mm -hmm. to everybody in the room and not seeing people um it forced us to relook at how we were doing things and really make it better and I, and I think we're we're not it's a journey yeah. so we're not fully there but boy we've made some good strides yeah it's, it's interesting about that what's interesting about that story is um, a client that I'm working with right now that has a, they're pretty much here in central Pennsylvania, but they okay. have a, an Ohio location. Mm -hmm. And in doing some focus groups with them around culture, one of the things that I kept hearing from the Ohio people is they love the fact that there's now Zoom because they were the ones like you, where they were the outsiders in the room. So even though they were in an office, they right. were still the outsiders because they would call in and everyone be joking around. And they actually feel like more a part of the organization now. Um, now, we, we mentioned that part of your role is this idea of employee relations. And so how has that changed with the remoting of the workforce? It, it's, it's interesting. And, and thank you for bringing me back because that was the second part of your question and I just never got there. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You might have to reel me in a little bit. <laughs> That's, okay. I, That's okay. I love I love this stuff, so I could talk about it all day. Um, with employee relations, one of my biggest job responsibilities is our investigation team. So I lead that team. It is a group of um, specially trained HR uh, leaders who have like investigation skills. They're scattered throughout the the country. Um, oftentimes though, again, pre-pandemic, when we would do investigations, we would send somebody or we would find the closest local person so they could be in person face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. um, when the pandemic hit, initially we were all just like, okay, what's going to happen? People are remote. So if they're not in the office together, maybe they won't have these little scuffles or issues. <laughs> That's wishful thinking, right? <laughs> I really think it was. I think we were fooling ourselves. Um, and I would say for about six months, that was the case. Um, the really early days of the pandemic, I think everyone was just so hunkered down and trying to figure out what, you know, what was going on because we all thought, oh, the office will be closed for two weeks and then exactly, we'll be back. Yep. <laughs> Everybody, you know. Um, but then people are people. And so, you know, there were, there were really interesting. Um, we got some, some complaints about bullying over zoom or, um, uh, bullying over phone calls, which we had never heard before, sure. even though people were on the phone previously. Sure. And then we, um, we had to figure out because our investigators weren't going to travel. We weren't going to put people in the room together. So um, then it was a matter of, can you put them on video just so we can see facial expressions and sure. you can still have that connection. 
Um, and sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. It depends on the comfort level of the individual. Right. But I would say um, employee relations has become more sensitive to words and what's being said um, just because sometimes you don't see a face or sometimes um, you're only communicating over email or text. Um, and there's not that, oh, this is my buddy from down the hall and right. I talk basketball with him or, oh, he's a Steelers fan like I am. Mm -hmm. We've sometimes forget the human part of it and it's sure. just these words in this email. And so um, it's, it's definitely been interesting to navigate that. And we, we did see a spike um, in complaints. It, you know, it just like everything else, it dips and ebbs and flows, but um, yeah, it's been really challenging, I would say, to try and manage some of that. How has, how has that impacted culture? Mm. I mean, when, when you look at an organization of your size, <laughs> it's hard to maintain I'll say the corporate culture, there's always a corporate culture, right? But, you know, and then you've got the little regional cultures. Yeah. So now you break those, those businesses, or not business, excuse me, you break those buildings up and the people mm -hmm. go remote. Yeah. What kind of challenge is that presented for you? It's, I think uh, you, you made a very good point that it's almost re regionalized it again. Um, to where if I'm going into one of the manufacturing facilities, say in North Carolina or in California, that's my little culture. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to keep everyone connected to the larger Veracast culture. Mm -hmm. um, I do think fortuitously, our decision to rebrand and kind of refresh in 2019 has been a positive because we actually didn't want people to bring their old cultures with them. We wanted to have a new Veracast culture. So part of what we've been able to do is say, hey, remote or hybrid work is now part of the new culture. And so we've had the opportunity to, to build that anew. Um, we made a big investment in our corporate communications. Um, our, uh, his title, escaped, he's, our, not our CEO, but I think he's our president. <laughs> um, he's doing a podcast now. Okay. Um, so we've never had that before. Um, our leaders are sending out little videos. Okay. We never communicated via video before. Um, so people can, and you know, we have a regular um, newsletter that goes out with video. Um, and it's like, hey, let me introduce you to this part of the business and what they're doing, or let's introduce you to this executive team member. Uh, so we've had the opportunity to to pivot and reinvent ourselves. Um, and again, it's a journey. We're not yeah, sure. fully there, but I can definitely feel <clears throat> that we are more of that digital and <clears throat> modern business that we want to be. And we want employees to feel that we are um, because we brought together, you know, when you, when you bring Harlan Clark, was one of our oldest businesses, check printing and a very um, process-driven, very corporate, serious business. And then we had the Lassus, which was um, marketing and sales and advertising. 
And, you know, we own Clipper, which was a young startup when it, for, you know, two guys in a college dorm. So they've got that feel. Um, when you try and meld all those, it's not easy. But again, taking that time to break it all down and say, we're going to start new as Veracast was mm -hmm. really probably one of the best things that, that we could have done. So your, your president's podcast, that's an internal mm -hmm. podcast to employees that they can subscribe to? Yes. And, and yep. how often is that put out? It is right now once a month. Okay. Uh, he's done four of them. It's called Point of View. Mm -hmm. And um, he's he's really funny. Um, okay, he's good. just has a very casual style. So he gets on and he, he talks about serious things. I mean, like the financial state of the business, but he also has a really relaxed, very good way of, of delivering uh, the news and the information. Um, and it's gotten really positive response. Um, you know, it, I think folks are engaging with him and that's been, that's been really great to see. And do you have um, a way to track stats on listenership? We do. Um, I'm not the guru, but our corporate communications group um, definitely tr um, tracks, you know, the, the clicks and the listens. Sure. And um, also they're obviously reviewing the comments and the engagement with it. So very good. Cool. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up corporate communications because you said that was one of the big things that you revamped when you, yes. you pulled under the Veracast name. And so when you think about corporate culture, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer that that how you communicate, not just top down, but within groups, obviously, is a big driver of that culture. So can you share some of the cool things that maybe were revamped from from a how you communicate standpoint? Yeah, we. Um we have a whole new intranet um, site. It's called the hub. We pulled everything there. Um, and as I mentioned before, kind of before Veracast, so pre-2019, most of the things were, here's an email from the head of benefits about open enrollment. Here's an email from the CEO. It's sure. year end and here's how we did. <laughs> yep. So um, and corporate communications was really very outwardly focused. So how do we communicate with clients? How are we communicating to the marketplace? And when we came, you know, kind of came back together as Veracast, I think um, we had some new team members on the executive team. We had feedback from employees saying, you're missing a huge opportunity to use the expertise in corporate communications. They're marketing people. Um, to market to employees and remind us why it's so great to work here. And then, you know what, if you remind us, we're going to go tell our friends, mm -hmm. Hey, I work at this really cool place. And there, um, I can click on my internet. I can see a little video. I can listen to a podcast. I can, you know, and not everything is in just an email. Um, we have an app. I get text reminders now about open enrollment instead of this big giant email. It just sure. is like, Hey, Here's when open enrollment is. And if you need more information, here's a link. Benefits this year was a video. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a quick little five minute video. Hey, here's what's changing. Instead of the, remember the traveling road shows, Ed, where you'd go out with a PowerPoint, yeah, you'd sit in front of 50 employees and Didn't tell them about open enrollment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say that. In manufacturing where we need it, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, we still communicate in ways that are, are appropriate for that audience, but we have this now bigger, broader workforce that's remote or hybrid. 
And you know what? We've got these things. Mm-hmm. Everybody's carrying them. I mean, that's how, you know, I can click in the app and get the information I need for, you know, to know. So it's, I'm really, I, I, I'm really actually, I'm proud of this company for, sure. <laughs> for recognizing where we were falling short and making the investment in the internal communication and spending some dollars to make the videos and do the marketing to the employees. Cause I think it's made a big difference. It, you know, it, it is huge. And, and mm-hmm. I can remember it wasn't that long ago. We used to lecture HR people on, well, you, you got to buddy up to finance, right? You got to make them your pals because you know, they control the budget and all those other things. But, but I'm a big believer that right now, especially we need to buddy up with marketing and communications. Because, yeah. you know, if we're going to win this war on talent, and that's just such an overused phrase, but it's never been more important than, than today. Um, you know, the, the, this labor shortage isn't going away, right? Yeah. It's, it's, there's no end in sight to that. And when, when I look at, at where most companies fail, it's, it's in they tell their story to their consumers about why the consumers should come do business, but they don't do the same thing with employees. And so... What ends up happening is they, they develop this great marketing brand, but then they never develop their employment brand. Right. right? And so, you know, I, I'm so glad to hear that, that you guys are doing this because I think it's a huge message for the listeners that mm-hmm. you need to market your company to potential employees and to your existing employees. Remind them, this is a cool joint to be at, right? And, and this is, this, don't leave, right? Because we got all these yeah. cool things going on. You want to stay here. We're doing a lot of cool things. And absolutely, yes. Let them see how grass or how green your grass is, right? Before yeah. they start looking across the street. So um, yeah. th- that's a, that is a, a really cool process mm-hmm. that, you know, again, so I think for, for HR folks that might be listening, buddy up to marketing. Um, absolutely. They get it. Marketing mm-hmm. gets it. And, and, I know so many times I've talked to organizations that are struggling from a recruiting standpoint. And I say, well, what's on your website? Well, we got a job, you know, we have a jobs page. Okay. So what? Right. I mean, I, today's workers want to know, they want to get that vibe, right. Of, of what's it like to work there. Exactly. Um, it, it's a story that we, we absolutely have to tell. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's very cool. So I would say Veracast is, is ahead of the curve on that, um, which is, is a really cool place to be, I think. I think so too. That's good to hear. That's uh-huh. great. <laughs> so, I'm just, I'm just thrilled for us that we're, you know, we're doing it. I'm seeing the the impact, but um, yeah, I, I would echo what you're saying um, for HR folks that are listening. Um, yeah. Connect with your marketing folks. They're cool people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you learn so much from them about the business, but they love doing this stuff. And as an HR person, it's not what I'm good at, but if I can, tell them, here's who I'm trying to reach and what I'm trying to do. They're going to come back to you and be like, yeah, you can do this and you can, you know, and they're, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a, sto- <clears throat> excuse me, we have a story to tell. Right. And, and to your point, many of us aren't great storytellers. So let's go to the storytellers. And um, I, I have a client that's going through that right now. They're revamping their entire function of how they outreach and so I've connected them not with a great recruiter. I've connected them with a crack web and SEO person and yeah. a crack brand writer, you exactly. know, because that, that's what they, they need to do. And when the HR director first said, really? Yeah, I said, yeah, really? This is who you need to be working with. And 
it, it's going marvelously. They're, they're going to be ready oh. to launch all their new stuff in January. Um, I, I'm so excited to, to see how it, it works for them because mm -hmm. they're trying to break into a new market. Yeah. And without a story, it's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And isn't it exciting? I think for me, when there was this whole buildup to the, the change to Veracast, like what's the name going to be mm -hmm. and what are our colors? And then when it happened, then marketing did the wonderful thing of coming behind it with this really cool video presentation of, you know, here's what Veracast means. Vera means truth and cast means to tell your story. And that's how we got the name. And these are what our colors mean. And when we brand it, this is what it does. And I was like, this is super cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Not my bailiwick, but definitely right. fun. And I'm like, yeah, this is a cool company. Look at this. So yeah. hopefully, you know, then your other employees feel that vibe too. And again, if you really like what you're doing and you're happy at your job, you're going to tell your neighbor, you're going to be like, Hey, Ed, you should come work for Veritas. Cause absolutely super cool. And this is, you know, this is what we're all about. So it's really, again, I think we're, we're both uh, preaching to the choir here, but <laughs> I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head. You never know who's listening, right? And yeah. <laughs> hopefully they're a member of the congregation. So, That's right. <laughs> um, have you had any situations where folks have said, you know, you mentioned about the loneliness factor, mm -hmm. but where you've given folks maybe an option to be remote or to come back to the office. And they said, we want to be back in the office. Yes. Uh, we have seen that um, where um, we actually, it was earlier than any of us anticipated. We've um, like many other companies, you know, if you look around at the apples and the Googles and how many times they've said, we're coming back on this date and then it moves. We've done the exact same thing, but um, we initially were planning to come back in August of 21. Mm -hmm. And I think, Delta started to spike um, or something. And we said, oh, we're gonna hit the pause button. And we had employees reach out and say, can I please go in just a couple days a week? You know, I'll, I'll wear a mask, I'll whatever you need me to do, but I really just need, need a routine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we, to be honest with you, we did have employees who said like, my husband also works at home and I'm distracted mm -hmm. or I have bad internet connectivity. Can I please? you know, where I live, it's very rural. Can I please use the office? So there were situations um, and we just had folks that said, Hey, I, I miss seeing, you know, Jen down the hall and I want to go back, um, a couple days a week and just reconnect. Um, and, and that's worked out pretty well. We, you know, we took the time to put the measures in place so that everyone could go back safely and feel comfortable, the other thing that we noticed, and I don't know if your clients are saying this too, but we've had folks asking to get back out and start traveling and especially sales. They want to be back in front of the clients. They don't want to be on Zoom. Uh, they want to be in person. So um, we are slowly approving those types of trips where they can, you know, again, get back face to face and do what they do best. Right. That, like, so yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting to see the different responses um, from people and when they're ready to go back or how they want to go back. Yeah. It's, you know, this is a great medium. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't replace no. sitting across a cup of coffee. You know, it's, right. it, it's a, it's a nice second. It really mm -hmm. is. And it's better than just being on the phone. Correct. Um, now, now 
tell me about the situations where I'm sure you had to have in many of your facilities, a skeleton crew. Yeah. How were they impacted by folks now coming back into the office? Because <laughs> they're, they're the forgotten ones. I mean, I, I had talked to an organization and these people were like, we had it made and now these people are coming back into our space. <laughs> and so that was a challenge. How are you, have you seen that and how are you dealing with it? Um, we haven't so much had that um, because we, I feel like we were kind of either fully in, right? Our manufacturing wow. facilities were fully in because they were still printing the coupon booklets or the checks or offices were barren. Mm -hmm. um, and so as people have started to filter back in, it's been more in the offices that were almost nearly empty. <laughs> the bigger issue we had was there aren't, there, the coffee makers aren't working or the, the cafeteria services aren't turned on or, you know, yeah. it, was, it was things like that. Yeah. Um, but to your point, all throughout 2020, 2021, we made a very concerted effort to have uh, special events, special thank yous. We did thank you videos. We did, um, food trucks for our manufacturing facilities. Because in the height of the pandemic, when folks like me had the luxury of working from home and not wearing a mask all day and not exposing myself to, you know, whatever, they went in every day and they printed the checks and they printed the coupons and they made sure our clients, you know, had what we promised. So we really, I think, um, also took the opportunity to, to make sure that, that they knew that we knew what they were doing and the sure. sacrifice they were making and, and that we recognized that um, they were still going in every day, mm -hmm. you know, so. And you mentioned um, again in our pre-call that you do have one of your facilities is down in Mexico. And so how, yes. has, how has that from a remote management, did anything mm -hmm. change there as a result of the pandemic? Actually, not as much, which was good, um, because I think even prior to we had uh, we have a really good management staff in the Mexico facility. So we have HR there. We have good leadership there. And then they're connected to counterparts in the U.S. Uh, so the HR manager has a, a VP of HR counterpart and the leadership is connected to other um, leaders within that channel. Um, and so they've. Um, the, the biggest issue with them was just kind of watching the U.S. would have certain measures in place and Mexico wouldn't. And then sure. Mexico would have certain things, you know, that they and then so it was just balancing those things. Um, but that that's actually gone really well. Fortunately, that wasn't one that we had to worry as much about because we had such a good system set up before the pandemic happened because we were managing them. Uh, from the United States anyway. And how does the, the language play in, especially like you mentioned the president's podcast? I mean, how do you overcome that, that piece? We do a lot of translation, um, a lot of Spanish translation. Um, that's our primary language. Um, we have a myriad of others, but Spanish is the primary. So whenever we're doing things like that, we do make sure that there's Spanish translation available so that they can listen and, mm -hmm. and stay connected. Okay, excellent. Because I, I mean, obviously, there there would be implications for you know some of your Texas facilities too. I'm sure with a, a Spanish speaking population, Texas, um, California, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. absolutely, yeah, Miami, Miami, our Miami location. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, 
when you look at, um, again, from a, a marketing communications perspective, so is that the team then that's making sure that primary non-English languages mm-hmm. are covered in all of these communications so that it's not you sitting down with me and having to read and explain it to me, but it's actually still coming out from corporate in a second language. Yes, marketing does that. And then even from my own um, point of view, like I'm responsible for our annual compliance training and all of our policies. So I have to make sure that compliance training is available in these all these languages sure, and sure. you know make sure that it's easy for employees to turn it on and hit the Spanish button and then it plays in Spanish for them. Um, Policy translation as well, just making sure that when we write a new policy or we update a policy that we update the English and the Spanish version or we get it translated into Spanish. Um, You know, so yeah, so it's marketing definitely for short handles all of their things, but it filters over into other areas as well. So just, I think you're right. I think you have to be very cognizant of the fact that you have a diverse workforce and you need to make sure they have things in the language that's most comfortable and easily understandable for them. Right, right. We're, we're going to continue, obviously, to see not only Spanish, obviously, as, as a major language, but I'm sure yes. you've got other languages that are that are represented. Uh, we definitely do. And, and it's it, it will become or, or not become. I mean, it is a challenge for organizations mm-hmm. now. And it's it's critical, you know, again, from a marketing of jobs standpoint that we look at, at not only our employee population, but where are we recruiting, right? And, and how do we pull those folks in if we're trying to attract a group of folks for whom English is a second language, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then if all we do is communicate in English, we, we could be missing some really great segments of the workforce. Yeah, we, in California, for example, they have the the really fun meal and rest break period laws. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we we recently had to translate that into Punjabi uh, oh, wow. because we have a, a large population in one of our facilities that needed it in Punjabi. So, you know, we had to get the posters translated mm-hmm. for them so that they understand. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's you're right. It's It's just expanding and it's just making sure you're in touch with your HR, you know, my HR counterparts and the leaders, the manufacturing leaders, the folks that are on the ground and just talking to them about what are you seeing? Where are you recruiting from? You know, what are your employee needs? And then reaching out and meeting them. So as, as we're, we're kind of coming up on our time here already, oh, I want to give you an opportunity to, to tell the listeners all about Veracast. And maybe there's someone who's listening, who's saying, you know, this sounds like a pretty cool company. Uh, what's, what's your sales pitch for taking a look at work at Veracast. (laughs) So Veracast is um, just our our elevator pitch is that we're a digital uh, and multimedia marketing and um, advertising solutions company. Uh, So we we play in a lot of different space. Obviously, um, I've mentioned the coupons, which Mm -hmm. is the print side. So when you get the Sunday paper or, you know, whatever, if you see the little save flyer, that's us. Uh, we own Clipper Magazine, which is our hyper-local mm-hmm. way to market and advertise. You have the little coupon booklet and then the, the app. Um, and then we're, we do some super cool things where, um, it, it, you know, it's taking the analytics of what you're buying and what you're searching and 
and then kind of working with our clients to say, hey, these are your demographics and here's who you should reach out to and how you should do it. Um, and it's just, it's really fun. It's so interesting as an employee to them be like, oh, this is how they're playing to me as a consumer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so you really get a behind the curtain look at, at how that, that goes on. But we, we're so um, diverse, not only in our employees, but in what we do and how the different opportunities when you come and work here and things that you can get involved in. Um, again, digital marketing, print marketing, there's the check side and the finance, you know, if we have 2000 financial institution clients that we help not only with printing checks, but with their marketing and their other programs. So lots of really cool things and just a whole variety of ways to uh, expand what you do and kind of, you know, use your skills. So, and so many different locations. <laughs> if you're listening to There's us a location from near you. Or, you know, <laughs> wherever you are, we can probably accommodate <laughs> a position. So yeah, definitely our we have a website at sparecast.com and um, definitely check it out and see who we are. Thank you. And so if you're listening and, and not watching, Bearcast is V-E-R-I. C-A-S-T, so that's veracast.com. Christina, it's it's always uh, awesome to chat with you. We always have such a great time in our discussions, and, and I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. And so as we, we wrap up, the takeaway today is HR partner up with marketing. We try to end every session with, uh, with one takeaway. Today, that's the takeaway. HR and marketing got to become buddies so that we can sell our jobs to our employees, to the outside world and really join our employment brand and our marketing brand. So until next time, thank you so much again for listening to Transforming Talent. I'm Ed Crow, Christina Myers from Bearcast. Thank you so much again for joining us. Hey, Ed Crow here. Thank you so much for listening to today's segment of Transforming Talent. If you're a business owner or executive, of a business that's on a revenue freight train that you're not sure how to control, or maybe you're butting up against a revenue ceiling that you don't know how to break through, we'd love to have you on this program. Please visit my website at edcrow.com slash speaking slash podcast to apply. Now for our listeners out there, if you got something out of this interview and you'd love to share it on social media, please go ahead and do so. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, and post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag TransformingTalent. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to my website, edcrow.com, where you can follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.